Entrepreneur Weekly interviews the brilliant leaders of today in order to provide a stepping stone of wisdom on the journey to personal business ownership. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. I do believe we have hit the tipping point. In other words, the world ain't ever going to be the the same way as it was again. It's all in the history books now. We have a brand new crazy world, which means that more and more people are starting to remote work, you might say. I guess I'm going to say work from home. It's remote work. My question is for you folks out there that are maybe business owners, entrepreneurs, or even working at a big organization that is looking at just the world as it is today. People work from home. They work remotely. And it's actually probably better if it's managed correctly. This is the key. It's got to be managed correctly. And we haven't got a clue. Well, not all of us. Some people do. But it's just so new because even for me, I'm 61 years old, going to be 62 in June. I have been that guy that said, no, I don't really want you working from home. I would rather have you working here where I can keep an eye on you. I'm that kind of guy. I'm a, yes, I am a backseat driver. I know everybody's job better than they do. At least I think I do. And I have always been a control freak. And all right. So in the years, you know, as I become more mature, I actually am getting better at letting go, trusting people. But entrepreneurs, I think, are inherently control freaks. That's just the nature of the beast. And as you mature in life and in business, you learn to let go. You learn to trust. You learn to create a team and all these things. But if you're a new entrepreneur or a person that is now facing the fact that, you know, you've been told from above we need to have everybody working from home. You're like, oh, crapola. Well, today, the show today is going to be a good one for you. My guest is a gentleman named Liam Martin, who, um, let me just read this to you just a little bit here because it's good. Liam is a serial entrepreneur who runs Time Doctor and Staff.com. He also is co-organizer of Running Remote Conference, which is said to be the world's largest remote work conference. And I said to him, are you sure? And he says, oh yeah, because we've been doing this for five years, which it wasn't that popular before. And now it's really becoming a thing. And here he is, Liam Martin. Welcome to the show. Co-founder and CMO of Time Doctor and co-organizer of Running Remote Conference and a book called Running Remote. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. That was one of the coolest intros that I think I've ever heard. And I have probably done, man, about a hundred of these in the last like month and a half. So hats off to you. That was amazing. You probably tell all the girls that. But anyway, (laughs) you know, look at honestly, it really is a different world today. We've just gone through this kind of two years of psychological you know, insanity. So people are just coming out of it kind of going, what happened to me? My job is still there, but the place I used to work isn't, you know, it's like people are just, they're not knowing how to deal with it. And then I see something here. One of your, uh, 
One of your notes that I, I picked up here, how to convert remote work into deep work. So this is my problem, Liam, is that I feel like, and I'm very transparent, with my employees, I feel like that if I let them work from home, I can't see the work product the way I can if I'm watching them do it in the office. And then I have to be there like a, you know, like, you know, like a guardian over the, the business, which I, I don't want to do anyway. So I have a, actually a couple of people that do work from home, but it's a long term relationship. I've been working with this particular person that's doing at home work for, um, um, let's see now, it's been, uh, well, about 12 years. And they've always off and on worked from home. I feel like that if I can use that as my limits test of all of this, the work that gets done when their heart is in it, which is maybe in the middle of the freaking night, maybe better work product than if I make them sit in the office desk in the middle of the day when it's a beautiful day outside when they would rather be mowing their yard or something. I need to be able to let go and give people the freedom to work when they are motivated to work, when they are inspired to work. And this is what I want to talk about with you because, see, I am that guy. I am that guy that have, have been afraid to do it but have started doing it and uh, like with a test person. Oh, a 10-year test? Let me take a break, Liam. We'll come back and you're going to have lots of time. You are the Time Doctor, timedoctor.com. You can find him. We'll find out what that's all about too. This guy's got a lot of game going on. Don't go anywhere. It's Entrepreneur Weekly. There's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages. You're listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Today's uh, topic is going to be about remote work. Uh, there's a uh, conference, which I didn't know about, but that's normal because I'm you know, running five businesses at once. Uh, you can find out more about it, I'm sure, at timedoctor.com, Liam Martin. And uh, he has a book, Running Remote. You can check that out. Liam, let me ask you, this whole thing about remote work and deep work, do other people have the same fears as the micromanager Alan Taylor? Is this kind of a fear that is out there in the world? Absolutely. I think that when everyone switched to remote work in March of 2020, I lovingly call those people pandemic panickers. The vast majority of those people, the number one question that they asked was, how do I know what my people are doing? And that's an interesting one, because if you're asking that question that you probably don't know the answers that you're supposed to be looking for, you don't know the questions to ask to be able to get to that point. In January of 2020, 4% of the U.S. workforce was working remotely. By March, it was 45% of the U.S. workforce. We're now around 33% of the U.S. workforce working remotely, and that's probably going to float down to about 30% when all is said and done. So we're looking at a fundamental change of how work is done. I actually think it's the largest shift in work since the Industrial Revolution, but the Industrial Revolution took 80 years and we did this in March. Right. So obviously there's gonna be a lot of growing pains there oh, yeah. and recognizing that there are a lot of people that are saying, hey, I need work accountability into what I'm doing is absolutely critical. But unfortunately, this is 
the assumption that everyone has been making, which is just recreating the office was the way to go. Well, unfortunately, when people are working in an office, they're now working at home. Those are both places. And true remote work is actually completely different. Number one, it's not a place. Right. Because it could be a, I was going to name a coffee company, but a place with Wi-Fi. Or not. It could be in your car at the beach. God knows where it could be. Who cares? Like I said, if the person is inspired and they're putting their heart and their soul into their job because you give them something that is so valuable in this world today, which is your trust, then they want to come back and show you their best. And I hope I'm saying that right. And I hope you're going to say, yes, that's right. Please. <laughs> I think it's a Double-edged sword on that one. I think you need to be able to make sure that people are committed towards a vision and a mission of the company, which we know is absolutely critical towards healthy company culture. But then you also have to make sure that everyone is accountable to what they're doing. To your point, Alan, it's so important for people to be focused when they're working remotely. And there are lots of distractions out there. And I mean, you know, just as much as me, before we were jumping on for this call, you were talking about keeping your chickens off of your cement slab that you have out back. Right. And these are concerns that are happening everywhere. And well, hold on, this hold is the on. reality of remote hold work. Hold on. You get, now we got to tell the rest of the story. I just poured this morning a uh, 20 by 60 concrete slab and i have a dozen chickens that are kind of free range they can walk around my property they'll come up and peck on the back door of the house and you know like hey give us some food but they'll also when the guys leave today they'll walk right out on that brand new concrete and i'll have chicken tracks all over so yes it's a distraction but i'm the boss i can do it but also if i knew that my employee had that going on and because you know we're in a content creation platform you might say so I really need a person that is focused with all of their creativity. And sometimes that is not when their creativity is being distracted by something that's happening at their home, like pouring concrete, keeping the chickens off of them. You know what I mean? So that's why I was saying I have been trained by this employee that I love to please, please, father, give me, you know, the trust that I need and I will deliver an amazing product, that kind of a, Mm. you know, and and I'm like, okay, I'm going to trust you. And you know what? God, it took me forever, Liam. It took me forever to to actually actually kind of trust because the creative process, as you know, the creative process isn't always there. I mean, think about writers and people that are trying to go and they, they go to a retreat where they're around nobody so that they can, you know, not be distracted by anything, even their surroundings. They're in a hotel room. I was just talking to a guy the other day. Um this is so important. Listen, this is a big topic. Let's keep going on it. We're talking to the thetimedoctor.com, Liam Martin, also co-organizer of Running Remote, the um, conference, and a book also called Running Remote. Uh, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. There's more Entrepreneur Weekly after these messages. to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Are you ready? Yes, that's what it seems like that uh, the employees are doing, partying when they're uh, working from home. That's, as an employer, as an entrepreneur that employs people, 
Uh, that's what my mind used to tell me. If you don't make them sit at that desk in the cubicle, they're out partying, just like ZZ Top in the background there. Um, I Listen, all I can tell you is that I don't know if it's true with all people, but I have one person. Actually, I have two, maybe two and a half at this point that I've learned to trust. And we're talking about working remote and all that with Liam Martin, who has an event called Running Remote Conference and a book called Running Remote. He's on the line with us. The website is Time Doctor. But you know what? I am very transparent. So you talked about the slab that we had poured this morning and the chickens, you know, I mean, I have a little farm, you know, I love it. I have, I have alpacas, I have llamas, I have cows, chickens, a couple of pigs. I mean, I have a farm. I've been watching too much Yellowstone, I guess, but my life is important to me. Actually having a life, Liam, I used to be married to my business because I'm an entrepreneur. It came first. I would not I would not put my phone down if I was on the toilet or in the shower. The phone goes in the shower with me, Liam. Do you hear me? And if it rings, I shut off the shower and go, hello. <laughs> it's echoey in there. But the point is that I'm that guy, and I have been forever. Now, 35 years into business, and I'm starting to go, I don't want to be controlled completely like a robot by my own business, then I'm not living. I'm just existing. So I want to live my life. And so I want to be a remote guy. And these days I have to be, I have living animals that rely on me every day. And this has been the best part of my life. There's a certain discipline that it takes to get up early because I've got 35 cows relying on me, my chickens, the pigs, the llamas, the, the alpacas. And, you know, I've got a Dalai Lama. My llama is named the Dalai Lama. And if I get out there a little too late, you know what he does? He snorts at me. And I'm like, oh, so I'm a little late, am I? So I have this life now that all of a sudden I appreciate other people that have lives because I didn't have a life and I didn't care that other people didn't have lives because business comes first. So this is all the transparency that I think is so important that people are afraid in in the world today to actually expose themselves. This is full frontal Allen nudity, if you know what I mean, psychological nudity. But I feel like that this is such an important thing because as our world changes, we are going to have to have some really honest relationships with employers, really honest relationships with employees. How is that done? How have you guys, with this Time Doctor and this conference, how have you guys made that possible for people to do it? The world's largest running remote conference. I, I have to imagine you can now give me some advice. Yeah, well, first off, I actually went through the exact same experience. It didn't take me 20 or 30 years. It took me about three or four, but I remember I was running a business before this one or before the current ones that I run. Yeah. And it was actually an online tutoring business. Oy. And one of these days I cracked my tooth, mm. one of my back molars. So I went to the dentist and as you usually do, you sit in the big chair and you know they've got that big light on you. They lean back and the dentist, he gasped. And it's never a good experience when a health professional gasps when they're looking at you. <laughs> he said, Liam, which tooth are you talking about? You have cracked all of your teeth. What? And he thought I had stage four pancreatic cancer because that's the only other situation that he would see 
effectively teeth go to chalk within a year because I had had x-rays done the year before. Wow. It wasn't from cancer, thankfully. It was from stress. It was from me grinding my teeth at night every single night because I was working 16 hour days every day as most people who are entrepreneurs inevitably do some point during their career. And he said, you either need to get rid of the business or you need to get rid of your teeth. You have to choose one or the other. And so I had a middle road, which was, could I actually run a business without necessarily having those employees in my face? all the time, the management components of this. And this is really the core tenant of this book that I spent the last year working on, Running Remote, where I interviewed a dozen remote first founders that were remote before the pandemic. And the one thing that I found in common with every single one of them, it's not whether you used Slack or whether you used uh, Microsoft Teams or whether you use Zoom or Google Meet. It is that Remote teams actually require a completely different managerial philosophy, a philosophy that we're calling asynchronous management, which is basically what if you could build a business or what if you had to build a business without actually talking to anyone face-to-face, without doing a Zoom call, without doing a face-to-face meeting? How would you build your business if that was a restriction placed upon you. Well, these remote pioneers had that restriction placed upon them, and they ended up building a methodology that I think is the real key towards basically everyone that's having a lot of difficulty like you, Alan, trying to actually figure out how to manage these people effectively. The problem is that you're just recreating the office as opposed to actually working remotely. All right, hold tight. This is good stuff. We're getting into what we called... Deep work, deep understanding. My God, cracking all your teeth. I get it. I destroyed a a gallbladder. Uh, This is what we need to talk about. The health part of this. We'll be right back. For you, there's nothing in this world I wouldn't do. Hi, I'm Alan Taylor from Entrepreneur Weekly. Child sexual exploitation is an unimaginable crime that continues to invade our communities and homes. The Maloof Foundation is confronting this crime by providing education, promoting healing, and ensuring justice for survivors. But this cause can't be won alone. Learn how you can join the Maloof Foundation in their efforts to preserve a child's right to freedom, hope, justice, and dignity at MaloofFoundation.org. That's M-A-L-O-U-F Foundation.org. Discover unstoppable industry influencers who celebrate disruptive thinking and game-changing business strategies on Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. Every week across America, talking with entrepreneurs, leaders of industry, and folks that are reinventing the wheel, I guess you might say. We don't have to reinvent the wheel, but we really got to look at it. I mean, look. You could have a steel wheel on your tractor, and you could have an aluminum wheel on your Ferrari. The steel wheel weighs a whole lot more, and it's a lot heavier to carry around versus the maybe even carbon fiber wheel on a Ferrari that may weigh, you know, what, eight pounds versus 48 pounds. This whole thing that we're talking about with Liam Martin is very interesting. We're, We're digging in deep here to, you know, now we're talking about health. And this all started with remote working. 
and how to you know get around to doing it right because everybody's got to start doing it liam's back with us liam i was in china and i got a really bad stomach ache and i was in tiananmen square is that how you say it mm-hmm. that's the name of it and uh, i got a stomach ache and i was thinking man am i reacting to what had happened there one time Am I reacting to the food I had eaten? This is the strangest feeling in my kind of like, you know, it was my gallbladder, but I didn't know what it was. I started, ugh, I got to go back to the hotel. I went back to the hotel and I was with a group of people. It was a business event. And I told him, I said, I, I got to have something. And this one person says, I think you have a gallstone. It sounds more like what you're describing is what I had when I had my gallbladder. And I'm like, well, I don't know what it is. Oh, man, this is killing me. And I'm thinking, who wants to, this is 2019, who wants to be in China when they, when they have to have an operation? Nobody, right? right? So they went to this little pharmacy that had all kinds of herbs and what have you, and they brought back something i don't honestly to this day i don't care what it was but it took away the pain temporarily and then i flew back home from china and um you know it, it i guess i passed a gallstone or something about a month later i was on another event i was going to spacex and i was literally at a big fancy dinner and the next morning we were supposed to go on a private jet to spacex and at dinner here it came again this time was the big one I almost died. I had a gallstone stuck and this will kill you. So I spent five days in the hospital. Finally, they did some like robotic surgery where they stuck this thing down my throat with, you know, little robots and robotic arm thing. And they got it out. They said it was a size of, it was an eight millimeter, like the size of an M&M and it was blocking something. And I almost died. And it was because exactly what you described, stress. Stress from life, stress from family, stress from business, because those all things do not work together well if they are not managed well. And I will admit it. I wasn't managing things well. I could internalize things. The world thought I was as cool as a cucumber. My dad used to say that. I don't know if cucumbers are cool. But the point is that I was managing it on the outside, but not on the inside. You cracking all your teeth amazing a young man you must have been in your mm-hmm. 30s or 20s i don't know how old were you i was in my 20s yeah oh it my was gosh. uh that's why they thought that it was stage four pancreatic cancer because uh they thought to themselves how could this happen to someone who's in his mid to late 20s but the reality is that entrepreneurship is about people working like no one else will work to live like everyone else could dream. I think that that's really the promise that entrepreneur gives you. We're going to put in those 18-hour days, those 16-hour days, and then eventually you're going to make it. You're going to have this large company. But the reality is that the vast majority of those people end up don't making it. I don't like to sugarcoat it for anybody. It's very difficult. Entrepreneurship is one of those things that I think everyone should take a hard look at themselves and say, am I truly an entrepreneur or am I not? Because it's the road less traveled and it's a lot more difficult. But for me, at least, I recognize that there was another way. And for me, that was remote work. Just to kind of paint you a picture pre-COVID, 
I would travel six months out of the year with my wife and daughter. We would go to a different country every single year or sometimes two to three. And during that entire time, I'd be able to manage all of our team members that are located in, I think we've got, we added our 43rd country at this point wow. where everyone just works all over planet earth. And uh, we don't really care where you work as long as you actually get the work done. Right. Work product. As long as you show me the work product and it's good, I'm happy. So keep exactly. going. This is good. And wait a minute. Oh, I don't want to forget this. You talked about asynchronous. Bring that into the picture again for me. Well, that's the real cheat code, I think, for relieving stress in at least the eyes of the entrepreneur. It's the ability to be able to work remotely without directly interacting with people. People think that remote work is eight-hour Zoom calls. The person that actually connected us Vaishali, who manages all of my meetings for podcasts and for radio bits. I've worked with her for eight years. And the last time that I spoke to her on a Zoom call was two years ago. We work asynchronously together. We do not work synchronously. We work through communication systems like email and Slack and project management systems to allow her the maximum autonomy to be able to solve those problems, having the processes, the systems in place to be able to execute on it. And then also offering me maximum freedom in my life where I can work wherever I want, whenever I want. You know, what's funny. Now it all makes sense why she said to say, tell Liam, I miss him. No, I'm joking. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> Vaishali's wow. hearing this. I do miss you, Vaishali. You're fantastic. <laughs> that is awesome. Tell me, what is Time Doctor? Yeah, so Time Doctor is a time tracking tool specifically built for remote workers. When I had built my previous company, my tutoring business, the one where I cracked all of my teeth, one of the big problems that I had was I'd have a student and a tutor that I would bill $10 to. And the student wouldn't come back to me saying, hey, I didn't work with my tutor for 10 hours. I work with him for five. I'd go to the tutor and say, did you work with the kid for 10 hours? And he'd say, of course, because I billed you for 10 hours. And I'd end up having to refund the student for five hours and pay the tutor the full 10. This was really destroying the business because I was losing money in the deal. Uh-huh. Time Doctor allows for the ability for two individuals to be able to measure exactly how long they work together so that I have that clear data back and I can do things like build tutors or build remote businesses anywhere in the world. Beautiful. Timedoctor.com, you guys. <laughs> like I said, and I told Liam in the beginning, we agreed to do this interview because I, at some point, was sent a pitch. I get about 100 pitches a day sometimes. It's horrible. But it's good because then I get to sift through and find the ones that I want to talk to. And something about this struck me. I thought, wow, now this one is good. So we're going a whole hour with you because this is something that people need to hear about. And every bit of what you're doing seems to be synchronistic with the other bits and pieces. They're all going together here. I love it. It's like a concert. You've got running remote, a book, the running remote conference, which has been out now. You said this is the fifth year or more. What is it? Absolutely. Except for COVID years, which obviously we did them virtually, but we're back in person, uh, which I'm personally. When when is the next one? Because I wouldn't mind even maybe coming to this. It's May 17th and 18th in Montreal, Canada, Uh going to be in person, which I am excited about, even though it is a conference about remote work. Remote workers actually do need to be able to see each other in person. We don't spend all of our lives behind computer screens. And uh, it's where you're really going to learn the newest strategies on not just how to build small businesses, but how to build multi-billion dollar businesses remotely. Mm. Let me take a break because uh, I'm going to get run over by a commercial here. When we come back, I want to talk about 
how you use automated measurements to give more freedom to the remote team. We're talking with Liam Martin, co-founder and CMO of Time Doctor, co-organizer, running remote conference, and co-author of the book, Running Remote. Um, I'm enjoying this. This is fun. I'm glad other people are uh, kind of wackadoodle like I am. I didn't crack my teeth, but I, you know, I burned out a gallbladder. <laughs> we'll take a I love that. Let's let's uh, compare what pieces and parts of our body we've destroyed trying to be entrepreneurs. We'll be right back. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. If you're one of those people who are now part of a remote team or, or an entrepreneur that needs to have a remote team because, well, the price of rent is too high and, you know, the whole COVID thing is kind of destroying uh, productivity, uh, remote teams need to run on autonomy. And the dirty little secret that's playing in the background there um, is how to use automated measurements to give more freedom to the remote team. Liam Martin joining us. He is a running remote expert. His book, Running Remote. Liam, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that. How to use automated measurements to give more freedom. What do you got? So when I think about, and it's somewhat counterintuitive, the more bureaucracy that you have inside of an organization, the better your ability to actually succeed. I don't know if you know the quote by Jocko Wilnick, which is discipline equals freedom. I think about that quite a bit when I think about remote teams. If you have all of your processes together, you're really going to be able to allow your people to be able to work on more difficult problems, work on that deep work that I talked about, solve really unique difficult issues that effectively just move a business forward. And I know for me, this is something that I prefer, number one, but also my employees prefer it. They don't want me to micromanage them. When I did research for the book, one of the most interesting insights that I gained was these remote first companies that have been doing it for over a decade, their managerial layer was 50% thinner than in-office environments. And this is really interesting, which is there are more workers that are doing work than there are workers that are managing other workers. And if you have more people solving more difficult problems inside of your company, you will end up growing your business. You will end up beating out your competitors and succeeding generally in business. Mm. What was that, Jocko, uh, that quote again? I'm, I want to write that down. Discipline equals freedom. The ability to be able to make sure that you have standard operating procedures, systems in place to be able to run your business will allow you to be able to, by somewhat of a counterintuitive perspective, actually gain more freedom inside of the business. When you know that everything is set up properly and you don't necessarily need to manage it, well, then you don't need to be a micromanager. You can actually just, as you said, go to Tiananmen Square, go to Costa Rica. Hopefully you don't get a gallbladder issue while you're there, but you have that freedom to do whatever you want, whenever you want. What are the fundamentals of remote business that every business owner needs to understand in order to be successful? So I think for anyone that's starting it right now, have a set of processes, a set of 
pieces of information that are written down, digitized, that you can share amongst yourselves so that orders aren't easy to understand, but they're impossible to misunderstand. It's a little bit of a mind shift, but once you actually fit yourself over to that other position, it's really magical. The second thing is you don't want to actually own positions anymore. Remote first companies We don't really own positions. We become the operators of those positions. So we get all those processes in place so that at one day as the CMO of the company, I can just walk away from being the CMO. I can delegate those responsibilities to other people. And then I can write a book over the last two years, which is solving those more difficult problems. And then the third one is just making sure that we automate all of the reporting. So making sure that managers are not dependent to actually tell you how your business is doing. Ideally, everyone in the company should have the same informational advantage as the CEO. I know that's very difficult for a lot of CEOs to be able to overcome, but if you can do it, you're going to have a lot more autonomy in your organization, better decisions being made, and employees will be a lot more on board. Liam Martin, timedoctor.com. His book is Running Remote. When we come back, an entire segment on Alan Taylor, which is what are the common mistakes Alan makes as a business owner? Uh, Actually, I changed it a little bit, but it's because I'm a narcissist. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Need a mentor? One-on-one online sessions with Entrepreneur Magazine's experts can help you start a business, grow your business, build your brand, fundraise, and more. Book your one-on-one session with experienced business owners and media experts. Jason Pfeiffer, Editor-in-Chief of Entrepreneur Magazine, can help you perfect your business pitch to media. Businesswoman Kathleen Griffith, founder of Grayson Company, can help improve your growth and marketing strategies. Need guidance on improving your leadership skills? Elizabeth Gore, president of Alice, can help you become a strong, value-driven leader. So what are you waiting for? Book your one-on-one session with Entrepreneur's lineup of experts today. Visit entrepreneur.com slash mentors. Again, that's entrepreneur.com slash mentors. Listening to Entrepreneur Weekly. Now, here's your host, Alan Taylor. All right, all right, all right. This segment is not about me, but I am like you, and um, we're all kind of the collective soul of the entrepreneur world. Uh, many of us are, well, we're backseat drivers, we're control freaks. But that's what it took to get us where we are today. Now it's time to refine that because, you know, when you're an entrepreneur, you are in the fast lane. Everything happens fast. I blinked my eyes like three times and 30 years went by. Liam Martin joining us. He's co-founder and CMO of Time Doctor, co-organizer of Running Remote Conference and co-author of the book, Running Remote. Here's the question for you. What are the common mistakes remote business owners make And I am one. So that's why I made it about me. And thanks for being with us and doing a whole hour with us. This has been fun. I think the biggest things, at least when COVID switched the world completely to remote, was everyone was asking me, should we be using Slack or should we be using Microsoft Teams? And it's not actually about the tools. It's about the philosophy of work. It's not recreating the office. It's about actually creating a completely different management philosophy, which is what I touch on in the book, asynchronous management. 
The next thing is don't actually make working from a home turn into living at work. So it's really important to be able to make sure that you have time for your chickens. As an example, at the end of the day, (laughs) divide your social space from your workspace. Make sure that you create that clear division because work life can leach its way into your personal life. And that's not good for your wife or your family. No, The third one is, and this is somewhat counterintuitive, but stop requiring immediacy. So when you immediately ask for a response to a question, it speeds you up, but it slows the company down. So we talk about how if you immediately need a response to an answer, the vast majority of the time, it's because you don't have the proper processes or systems in place to be able to account for those. And you need to be able to go back and think about it more strategically saying, hey, how can I make sure that everyone's really optimized towards deep work so that I'm not necessarily bothering them? The vast majority of the time, at least in my opinion, your job as a manager should be to remove blockers from your employees. And the vast majority of the time, you're the biggest blocker, unfortunately. Yeah. I had little emperor syndrome. I I think I just made that up where I always wanted everything immediately. And if somebody couldn't answer me, you're fired. You should know your job. You know, that kind of an attitude. Yeah, we can become tyrants because I can remember things about deals I did 30 years ago. Clearly, don't ask me why. My wife's like, how do you do that? I have no idea. But I can't remember, you know, uh, my what time I'm supposed to be at the birthday party. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like... But stop asking for immediacy, probably my biggest takeaway today, because that is my personal problem. I just had an argument yesterday because somebody wasn't able to do something immediately, and I, it just pissed me off. But mm-hmm. see, that's because I was in emotional state, you know, because mood and you know, how much coffee you've had or, you know, uh, whatever. You know, you just got off the phone with somebody and, and crap rolls downhill and you crap right on the next person behind you. I mean, there's a million reasons why that we need to stay in a more higher consciousness instead of our lower nature. Can I say that? Is that fair? No, completely fair. I think it's also going to allow you to live longer. Uh, You're going to be a happier person when you're not immediately saying, why isn't this done right now? You're fired. Uh, You need to be able to relax. Uh, You need to be able to say, hey, you know what? I've built fantastic companies. I'm going to build even bigger ones in the future. And that can't be done just through grit. Unfortunately, you need a team members there that are going to all be tied into the same goal. And you remember, hey, listen, they're all working as hard as they possibly can. If you require that immediacy, sometimes you need to take a look inside of yourself and say, why am I asking for this? Uh, Is there something else there deeper that maybe I need to work on? What I've learned to do in my older life, as we wrap things up with you, Liam Martin, is one of the commandments is to love your brethren as you love yourself. And what I've realized is that when I become that little tyrant, I am not loving my employees, my people, the contractors or whatever it is. I am just being a tyrant. And I don't want to be a tyrant. You know, then you're ruling through fear. And I don't want to rule through fear. People don't work as hard. They don't, the work product is not as good because that's weighing on them. I don't want to put that weight on them. You've done a great job today, Liam. Liam Martin, timedoctor.com. Check out his book, Running Remote, and his conference coming up May 17 and 18, Running Remote Conference. Um, I'll have you on again. Thank you, Liam. Appreciate it. Thank you. All right, folks. 
Now it's our turn to go out and make the world a better place. See you next week. This program is copyrighted by Entrepreneur Media Incorporated. 